And with your spirit. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus Christ. Names have great power. I'm not even talking about the Bible now, I just mean like in ordinary human life. Hearing your name called literally solicits an involuntary response. I don't hear PJ out in public a lot, but when I do, I turn. I can't help it. Names have power. Names of things, names of people, names of places. Think about, for a minute, your favorite movie. Now, very quietly say it to yourself. You just smiled. You couldn't help it. That's a favorite zoo to us, right? So names are possessed of power in and of themselves. Think about your least favorite food. You can almost taste it, all right? They're evocative. That's what they're for. The name of the Lord Jesus is the most powerful of the names because it was born by the most important of persons. We can call place names. If you're an American history buff, I say Lexington and Concord, and immediately you know what I'm talking about. Gettysburg. Remember the Alamo. Okay. Personal names, Washington, Lincoln. You get what's going on. These names are evocative, but the name of Jesus 
solicits a response everywhere, for or against, in favor or not, adored or reviled, that name will always catch the ear. It's a quizzical thing, then, that so easily, so often, for so many of us who call ourselves Christian, it becomes itself an object of derision. Jesus Christ! If it hurt you to hear that in church, and it should, don't do it at home. No matter what they did, or what thing your toe managed to sub this time. Reverence, fear, respect for the holy name, the gift for which we all prayed at the very beginning of Mass, whether you were listening to or intending to or not, respect, love, and admiration for the holy name is not just Christian superstition. This isn't like us, members of some pagan cult, who are so afraid of the Lord's name we can't say it. We're following on a tradition that the Jews maintained where the name was kept in such regard it was only very rarely said. And it couldn't be put on regular lips. But when God took flesh in the person of Christ Jesus, he had to bear a human name so that one like us, with a name like ours, would bear the full glory of God. This is why, even to this day, in our Bibles, the book of Joshua is called the book of Joshua, and the incarnate God in the New Testament is called Jesus. Doesn't matter what language you're working from, we always distinguish the two, even though in the original, they're the same name. And that's no accident, for just as Joshua led his people through the Jordan River to the Promised Land, so the new Joshua leads us through the waters of the spiritual Jordan and holy baptism to the Promised Land of Heaven, a foretaste of which we share every time we come to the Lord's altar. If you think about your favorite things or people or places, you get the sense of the natural power of a name. Multiply that by infinity, you now have the name of the Lord Jesus. And as I tell people in the confessional all the time when they confess using the Lord's name in vain, just start using it on purpose. It'll go away all on its own. Literally, reach into your pocket, pull out your rosary, and just say, Jesus, I trust in you 55 times. When that's the background music in your brain, Different things come out of your mouth when you stub your toe. But more than that, the power in the name of the Lord, shared out with his blessed mother and the saints of the church, that same power resides in our own names. Think for a moment of the person you like most in the world. Not love, that might go abstract too quick. The person you actually like to see. And mutter their name. It's just like the movie. Your mouth turned up. You can't help it. Now, think of the person you hate most, or resent most, or struggle with most. Think of that name and feel it in your mouth. I had an experience of that this week, a name that was very powerful for me. So on Wednesday, just as the staff meeting began, my sister called and my phone was on silent, so that was a surprise. And when I was able to, it was back and forth for a minute, but when I got her, her first words to me were, well, first I'm sorry, and then, Sean's dead. Sean, 
was my brother-in-law, her husband, for 17 years. They divorced around the time that I came here, a year or so before, um, and, uh, and it was a rough divorce. I'm not going to judge from the altar here. That wouldn't be fair, but I'm, I'm simply raising this because I know so many of our own families know the pain of divorce or discord, and I'm showing you mine and hoping to tap into yours here. I had mixed feelings about this person. They married when I was 13, and for my teenage years, he was uh, the best mentor a boy could have. He was a great advocate, a cheerleader, supported me in my vocation, even when uh, my mother wasn't always altogether sure. But the divorce was rough, and afterwards, that name meant something different. The power of the name changed. Last Christmas, he showed up unannounced at Christmas Mass, and we had a conversation afterwards, and the power of his name for me shifted again. I want you to think about somebody in your life that could occupy a similar spot. It doesn't have to be the same story, but somebody whom you've loved and maybe hated and maybe loved again. The power a name takes on once a person passes, how when we even speak it into the room for just a moment, they seem to come alive again. And with that, I want you to hear new what the deacon proclaimed in the gospel. Because there are three names of persons in today's gospel. Jesus, Peter, and Satan. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly, be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. And he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Those of us priests who ever get called in to work on the ooky spooky stuff, we find ourselves saying the same sort of thing. Probably most of you don't. That's a good thing. Count yourselves lucky. But these names have power, don't they? The name of Jesus has power. We've already established that. But even to hear that name in church where we should feel safe with the one who conquered Satan, sin, and death, even to say his name gives you the willies a little, doesn't it? And every time someone is baptized and we all repeat, do you reject Satan? I do. And all his works? I do. And all his empty show? I do. Doesn't, doesn't your register just get a little bit stronger each time? In the ancient church, when the priest would ask that question, you all be facing out, like, away from the priest toward the door, which was west, and you'd spit in the wind. Do you reject Satan? I do. <laughs> spit him in the eye. So these names are of great power. Now, last week, of course, was the first time Peter was called Peter. So in the same conversation... The same guy goes from being Peter, the rock upon which I will build my church, the one to whom I entrust the keys of the kingdom of heaven, to Satan. You ever had a conversation like that? I have. I was both Peter and Satan before the funeral yesterday. I was not kind to the musicians. It was bad. 
And I'm certain the early church kept the memory of this conversation, the conversation in which Jesus deputes Peter, Prince of the Apostles, and then immediately messes it up to remind us the highest, best, bravest, holiest among us are not beyond human failings. Every one of us is going to continue to struggle with inconsistency, which is the reason it's so important to maintain reverence, fear of God. Maybe, maybe today, best day votio, right? Hopelessly devoted, my will given over. Who are you going to give your will over to? Jesus or Satan? Now, unless you worry this is going to go too fire and brimstone, Satan's real, I have to deal with that. But here's how I want you to think about this. Satan, the devil, is the divider. All of the ancient variations of his name are about separation, the scatterer, the one who would go into the field after the seed had been sown and mix it all up so it couldn't grow. He's the one who divides us not only from each other, that's rather superficial, actually. He divides us from ourselves internally so that we cannot be what we were named to be. Christian, remember your dignity. Who are you? By baptism and chrismation. Sons and daughters of God. Permanent seats in the court of the King of Heaven. Delegates, emissaries, ambassadors to a fallen world to restore it to grace and sanctify it by good works. Calling out all the while the name which is above all names, that yours might be sanctified as well.